Hello and welcome to TL Life Cross Current. I'm your host, Will Howarth. If you were wondering what those unusual sounds you just heard were, and if you've been on tenterhooks to hear more of the enigmatic chanting in the teaser from the previous episode, then fret not. All your curiosities will be satisfied. We'll be hearing from the mysterious originator of those noises, along with a word or two from Christian Union leader Ranghil Rivets. But to start off with, let me take you to the Laban Cafe where I met Isaac St. John Griffiths and Emmy Matsushita for a discussion about some of the more difficult issues surrounding hip-hop and contemporary dance. I'm Isaac St. John Griffiths. I'm a second year here at Laban. I was born in Cardiff in Wales. From a very young age, I wasn't interested in what everyone else was interested, especially in school. I spent more time in the playground whirling around and dancing by myself. So my mum encouraged me to do ballet. And then I just grew from there. I went on to modern jazz. And then I decided to focus on an element of my personal self, which is actually my spiritual practice. I'm a Reiki practitioner, following into both the teachings of Buddhism and the spiritual practice of dervish whirling. Reiki is a spiritual healing practice. It's basically part of the universe, it's part of all of us. It's a consistent energy. It was founded by the Reiki master, you see he spent 25 days in meditation in an isolated cave in a mountain. And the only track of time he managed was to have 25 stones. So he would throw one stone once the day had passed. And after the 25 days of meditation, he found the core of Reiki, and it's been practiced ever since then. I practice it on myself, or I might give treatments to others, and it's a real great restorative practice, not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally. We have a lot of people come in who suffer from mental illness, such as depression or anxiety, and it's a fantastic way to just release all of that, because it's also a mindset. The Reiki principles are just for today, do not worry. Just for today, do not anger. Honor your teachers, your elders, and show gratitude to every living thing. I think that is helping me stay positive whilst I'm at a university like this. My name is Emmy Matsushita, and I am currently an MFA dance science student here at Laban. I am originally from Japan. I lived there for the first five years of my life, and then I moved to the U.S., and so I was raised in New York, north of the city. I didn't start dancing until middle school, so that was probably around 11 or 12 years old. So I really done all different kinds of styles, jazz, funk, palms, but then I was introduced to hip-hop in college when I was about 18 years old. And that changed my life because I realized that now dance could be something that was more in tune with self-expression. It was more akin to freestyling and whatever you wanted to do at the moment, you could do it. So that really changed my mindset about dance. It didn't have to be choreographed all the time. It didn't have to be a nice tidy package. Not everybody had to look the same as well. It kind of derailed everything that I had experienced in dance prior to. So my current research is in the hip-hop field, specifically looking at the hip-hop dance battle scene in London with an ethnographic approach so it's not creating anything it's simply observing what is already happening but I am thinking about doing once I gather all my data some sort of submission that will be a little bit more creative because I have that freedom being an MFA student where can you go to see a hip-hop dance battle 
Well, you have to have somebody who knows what's going on in the battle scene. So I've been in London for about two years now, and I've been going to battles from the beginning. Really just keeping an ear to the ground and, and seeing different posts about upcoming battle events, mostly on Facebook, I would say. There is this one page that just started, it's called Dance Cypher. I'm wondering if hip-hop dancers are interested in the kind of study that happens here at Laban or if the idea of studying dance is somewhat alien to them. It seems to me like the worlds are pretty separate. You do have to be diverse. It's not so much about, right, I'm gonna dedicate the rest of my life to doing everything. It's just having the guts to say, no, I've never done that before, but I'll learn it by the time you finish with me. I think the fact that contemporary choreographers are now looking for really well-rounded dancers in multiple styles is interesting commentary on the fact that the street styles in particular are becoming a lot more popular. The more and more that it comes into the spotlight, there is this muddling and melding of different styles coming together. Really, a lot of street styles have their own history, their own evolution, like for whacking and voguing. Those are very similar styles, but they all have their different histories and they all have the different scenes in which they came from. But nowadays, you'll see this melding together of all of them under the hip-hop umbrella, even though hip-hop has its own different scene. And so <laughs> everybody's becoming more knowledgeable about these scenes and it's becoming more popular, but to the OG pioneers, they're like, these kids aren't doing it right, you know, they have no technique, what are they doing? So as new school dancers, it is a funny line that we have to walk, is to be true to the old school styles and techniques, but then all of a sudden we're asked to do all the different styles in one go. Does it get to you if it is melded or alienated from what it was originally? I'm in the middle, yeah. where I see the debate of being more purist and keeping those styles as accurate as possible to their original roots. The more and more it gets transferred and mixed with other styles, then it's going to be coming into nothing. But then for me as an artist, I love mixing styles. You're probably aware that at the moment, Trinity Laban has its Venus blazing season, which it seems to me is more about the music side of things than the dance side of things. The concept being that female composers in the music world are underrepresented, and so we're programming all the concerts so that at least half of the composers represented are female. I wonder, is there the same problem in gender representation in dance? It's always been easy for me to get into somewhere because they've never had enough boys. And I've had discussions with dance friends of mine who are girls and the thing that they say a lot is that I find that if I go to an audition we can really be quite vindictive of who they pick, the girls. That still happens in the ballet world which is really sad. If they don't have the right look or if their body is not right, it's like you, you, go and they haven't even seen them dance yet. Which is brutal and I don't agree with that at all. Do you think that's something that will ever change? I think very slowly because we're very good at recognizing a problem but we're not very good at solving it. On the flip side, in hip-hop there really is not a lot of representation from women so this Venus blazing campaign seems really appropriate to take into the hip-hop street styles world. There's been a lot of, I hate to use this word, 
word, but macho-ness in this battle scene in particular. Yeah. So whenever you imagine a battle scene happening in a club or on the streets or something, even to this day, there's a lot of male presence. And battle is an inherently masculine word. Yes. Exactly. The question is, is that how it's always going to be? Is that okay for it to change? And slowly there's a lot more females coming into the mix and females that are more comfortable with being in the battle scene. But also the question is, do the females that come into the scene have to rise up and be macho and male as well? Would it be worthwhile using some slightly different terminology to oh, describe Oh yes. Exchange. Physical conversation. Yeah. Exchange. Conversation. Okay. Many thanks to Isaac and Emmy. We'll pick up again on that discussion a little later, but first, here's Christian Union leader Raggy to tell you about an upcoming Christmas carol service she's organising. Hey, my name is Ragnar Lidiewicz, Raggy for short. I play the violin, I'm in my fourth year now, and this year I'm also leading the Christian Union. So the event we're putting on is a carol service, which will be on Monday, 3rd of December, in the evening, time to be confirmed, at King Charles Court. It's completely free. It will include carol singing with a brass quartet. There will be a talk on the message of Christmas and we'll have mulled wine and mince pies afterwards. The reason we exist as a Christian union is to share the hope that we have in Jesus. And next year we'll be putting on a week of events with the title Hope. We also meet on a weekly basis and from January we're hoping to have two weekly meetings, one at Label and one at Trinity. But yeah, if you want to get involved, you can get in touch with me or you can message the Trinity Eleven Christian Union on Facebook. Or why not come along to the carol service to see what we're all about? My hidden gem music recommendation is the music of fellow student Christian Kanekinner. Thank you, Raggy, for that invitation. Mold wine is not to be missed. Speaking of Christian Kanukene, I had in fact met and interviewed him in Butler's Café with my assortment of pick-up-and-play instruments only a few days before meeting Raggy. It was his jaw harp and plastic castanet playing we heard at the beginning of the podcast. In the café, I had prepared some simple graphic scores to guide our improvisations. After glancing over these scores, Christian gleefully selected one that instructed the player to start quietly and become increasingly loud. He then treated me to this remarkable performance, which I am delighted to share with you now. Impressed and somewhat dazed, I began to question Christian, eager to find out more about the young man who could produce such a sound. I'm Christian Kanukene and I study viola and composition here for one year as an Erasmus. I grew up about 30 kilometers away from Tallinn in Estonia. There is my home called Keila. I've always wanted to be a guitarist since I was two years old. Actually, I was in eighth grade 
I was invited to play violin. Meanwhile, really wanted to be a rock star. Who do you aspire to be like as a rock star? Uh, Zach Wilde, Ozzy Osbourne. Most of all, it's uh, Jimi Hendrix. What kind of music do you like listening to? A lot of early blues, like this acoustic Delta blues and also Chicago blues. I really loved Expressionist, especially this album Berg's Wozzeck, because it had so much pain inside. I also had a lot of pain in my last year because my father died. But yeah, I'm really into contemporary classical music and everything which is very intensive, has this power of rock music or blues, big, big emotion, and also shamanism and primitive music. So are you interested in the idea of using music and sonic art as a means of entering trance states. Yeah, yeah. I've been trying to do that a lot and I've done it in front of lots of people. I have had some wild experiences on stage, but how to transform and to have the audience the same experiences, that is the question. Tell me about your three-track album. It's called 333. This number came to me in 2014 when it was a really difficult time in my life. It came so many times, so I googled it and found out what it means. And what does it mean? It is an angel number. It says that Father, Son and Holy Spirit are with you and they're inviting you. Beginning of 2015, all the miracles started to happen. Like I went to this Estonian Idol show. Same time my viola playing was getting good because I didn't practice at all before. So both directions were going so good and all the big gifts were coming to my life that culminated here in Trinity, like Father, Son and Holy Spirit. I have been guided to God and this album is all about this. I wanted to have this blend of wild and sacred, like these two sides, but maybe they're one. The first song is Terror, which was actually about this terror attack in Brussels. So this is the very earthly and grounded song. Then the second piece, which means a wolf in Estonian, but it's called Hunt or Hunt. It's a shamanic trance song where this wolf is looking for something else to eat than a rabbit and he has this trance and finally after this trance he sees a goat to eat. (laughs) It leads to the final song which is a five-piece Latin mass with an Our Father's prayer in Estonian and the birds are singing this same prayer in Morse code like dots and dashes they're singing it the same words. So it was my expression of my grief and finding light. I'm looking for people hidden gem listening recommendations. Oh, okay. This song is called in Estonian which is mean savior of the people and it is an old folk choral of one little island in northern Estonia which has interesting tonality to me, not very usual. The second one is Arab Orthodox Christian song which is very very interesting to me to hear this message in this microtonal Arab mode. <laughs> My name is Christian Kanukene and this is my piece Terror. Hyphen, 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 hyphen
hyphen, hyphen. Ton, ton, ton. Christian Kanukene, the first track from his album 333. Thank you to Christian for sharing his music with us. If you've written a song or a piece you'd like to be included in TL Live Cross Current, get in touch with me at w.howarth, H-O-W-A-R-T-H, at trinitylarben.ac.uk. We return now to the Larben Cafe to hear more from Isaac and Emmy. A recent graduate whose name is Wilhelmina Oyanen, who was in Transitions last year, was interviewed by The Guardian. One of the things that she was talking about was that she feels that contemporary dance focuses a lot on technicality and complexity of movement and is almost a bit alienating. She is more interested in being able to convey an emotion to make the audience feel something. I wonder what your response to that is, if you feel the same way or if you disagree with her. I. I definitely think that dance really is an expression of yourself and should be an outlet of whatever emotion you're feeling or whatever you want to express. In my world of 
contemporary and in ballet. It's very formal, it's very polite. It's all just a persona, really. Let's say battles. I think the energy and the character, you get to really be you on stage. And I think that's very human and that's wonderful. In my world, I feel that I have to sometimes adopt another character, which isn't always right. Sometimes I really want to be me on stage. It is difficult sometimes when you are trapped in technicalities. I think everybody is a mover, everybody's a dancer. We all can dance in some respect. And so everything that we do with our physical body is an expression of who we are. And I think to lose that would be a disservice to dance in general. Sometimes the joy of it can be beaten out of you. Dance and the art form itself needs to be seen as an education then the education board would demand requirements of it, the technicality and knowing of the history. It can make it a little bit cold and sometimes lifeless. And I think if you've worked so hard just so that you could finally put on a piece, no wonder that it comes across so professional and so intricate. It almost kills it because they're trying so hard. I think a lot of my dance comes from my emotions every day. That it should be more about the emotions. If they have the ability to show their vulnerability, a really perfect example is a choreographer called Akash Odera. I immediately related to him because he focused on his identity and also the fact that he has dyslexia. And I'm dyslexic as well. For him to do an hour-long performance just by himself and also to create the stage design as well as the choreography and the music is phenomenal. It did, it really echoed from him to me. It was a real sense of vulnerability. As outside observers, it's important to connect to dance, but at the same time with the human experience, somebody could feel anger in a different way than somebody else. I mean, we all feel it, but the way that we express it will be different. So maybe also the movement towards more technicalities and fine tuning of the art of dance is finding a level ground as to how everybody can interpret it and understand it. It might be a fear element as well that people from outside the world of dance will see it as something silly and over the top. I got a lot of that when I was at school, like, oh, but you can't achieve anything when you're a dancer. Why don't you get an education and work hard like everybody else? To be told that was not exactly encouraging. Maybe it's that element as well, that we are so desperate to make sure dance is shown the same level of respect as any other form. Have you been to see any shows recently that you would recommend? Recently I was in New York City for the summer and so I had the opportunity to go to a battle event of hip-hop and street styles but it was for women it was called ladies of hip-hop and so all of the participants all of the people who organized the event all of the DJs all of the MCs were all women so it was really refreshing to see this change really flipping the dynamic on its head with its lady focus the last time I was in Wales halfway through summer I was lucky enough to see a new piece they were developing on the new cast of NDC Wales the piece is called after image and it should be shown early January or February. I won't spoil it, but it really messes with your head. It allowed me to start thinking of things in a really scientific way. What it did with the choreography and to the bodies, it allowed me to think of the different dimensions that we live in. To see something so physical being almost torn like paper and then put into different dimensions is a little freaky, but it's a really clever idea. I've been asking people for their hidden gem listening recommendations the music you love to listen to that no one else has come across. It's on Spotify. It's Mashru Lee. He's just someone great to listen to. His voice is 
almost quite rusty but then really fluid at the same time for a dancer like if you just need a day of sweating out or pumping out any aggression you just need to improvise he's fantastic to listen to and he's not speaking in english and i've chosen not to look at the english translation of it it's a mystery and i think that's what's nice about it it feels like a mystery in the song when i was really young living in japan i would listen to this band called yellow magic orchestra and i still listen to them to this day mainly because it's very nostalgic for me but i also think that their music's really catchy a lot of electronic beats kind of dancey kind of retro they use a lot of sound bites from video games as well and some of their tracks kind of poppy super retro japanese music <laughs> thank you isaac st john griffiths and emmy matsushita for their thoughts you can find links to their hidden gem listening recommendations as well as other media and a transcript of this podcast episode at tl-life.com Join me next time on TL Live Cross Current when we'll be hearing from double bass junior fellow Valentina Ciardelli about Frank Zappa. Because I think he's one of the few guys that can explain the 360 degree musical environment. 